back for another episode of the It's Murder Y'all podcast. I'm your host, Amber, and with me today is a man who once rocked a rat tail, my husband, Rob. Say hey, Rob. It was only for a short amount of time. Yeah, it was the 90s. So we've reached the end of our journey into South Carolina, which means that today's episode is going to dive into cases of missing Black women from the Palmetto State. I've decided that I will no longer speculate on the length of an episode because I've jinxed myself every time I've done it. What I will say, though, is that researching these particular cases was hella frustrating. I mean, there's no shortage of missing Black women in South Carolina, but there's like no information out there. It is worth noting, though, that a missing person's case from South Carolina is what really kind of sparked the conversation of missing white woman syndrome and how Black women get overshadowed in the media when they go missing. So to give you the too long, didn't read version, Tamika Houston went missing from Spartanburg, South Carolina in May of 2004. As her aunt, Rebecca Howard, told HBO, I was sending press releases, I was calling producers, I was calling news desks, every network, every website I could think of, and I hit a brick wall. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, here's my niece. She's young. She's beautiful. She's missing. Her story is just as compelling. The only difference is that Tamika is black and Natalie Holloway is white. So that was referencing the fact that Few people outside of true crime baddies know about Tamika, but everybody in their daggum mama knows about Natalie Holloway, who went missing the year after Tamika. Um, Tamika's ex-boyfriend eventually confessed and led police to Tamika's body, but the overall lack of attention on Tamika's case in comparison of white women like Lacey Peterson and Natalie Holloway actually inspired the creation of the Black and Missing Foundation, which I've mentioned uh, in previous episodes. So that being said, we're going to take a look at some cases of Black women in South Carolina who've gone missing, cases that have very little information available, but that deserve attention. So up first is the case of Aaliyah Bell from Rock Hill, South Carolina, where we lived briefly. It was November. I really liked living there. I did too. That's probably been my favorite place that we've lived. I'd love to go back. It was a nice area. I feel like if we lived there with our current scenario that... It would be dope. Yeah, I agree. And like, I like how close it was to Charlotte without being in Charlotte. I fucking love Charlotte. I did too. I, th- I feel like Charlotte, Charlotte to me is like a, a more like metropolis version of Knoxville. Knoxville is still feels quaint and in country. But when you, you know, 10 minutes you know, into the heart of Knoxville, it does feel like a downtown scenario, but I feel like the downtown scenario for Charlotte is is like triple the size of Knoxville. I agree. They and have like be, hella high rises and shit. And it'd be lit because they have IKEA. God damn, they do. Can and, you imagine? But uh, but uh, but uh, fucking nice nice car. <laughs> I forgot that's the mecca. The mecca. Literally, Dale Jr. lives there, bro. Right. What if you ran into him? You'd pee your pants. I'd do more than pee my pants. You'd poop them too? I don't know. It depends. Um, I really like the outlet mall too. <laughs> that was in Concord. You remember? Oh, the indoor outlet mall. Yes. In fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was the BZ's in that like Cajun. What was it called? I forget that little Cajun restaurant that was there that we went oh, to. Yeah. Razoo's. Razoo's. I completely yeah. forgot about that. We love that place. We did. I completely forgot about that. Um, and then, like we mentioned in, I think it was the Black and Missing in Georgia episode, we went to that one rich people mall 
and pretended that oh, we were rich. They called that uh, the area or the road was North Davidson, I think, and and people called it Noda. And I was like hella confused for a while when my work buddies or whoever would be like, yeah, you got to go to Noda. And I'm like, what the, what the hell are you talking about? And then we ended up over there by the, we ended up in Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I mean, that like, that feels like a lifetime ago that we lived there. It was, but it, really sure it was. Like, I mean, it was like, I mean, it was definitely pre kid. It was um, very much close to 20 years ago. No, it wasn't. It was 12 years ago. Hush. It's close enough to 20. It's closer to 10 than it is 20. Don't make us older than we are, sir. Anyways, Aaliyah Bell was from Rock Hill, South Carolina. And it was November the 25th, 2014. An 18-year-old Aaliyah was hanging out at her uncle's house on Chestnut Street, which I Googled it. It's like 12 minutes from where we lived. Um, at around 9.30 p.m., Aaliyah decided that she was going to head back to her godmother's house, which is where she was living at the time. Although it was dark and raining, Aaliyah wasn't concerned about making the less than half a mile walk. But as Rock Hill Police Captain Brent Allman would say, she just stepped off the front porch in the rain and just vanished. Now allow me to interject a quick, it's murder y'all PSA. Ladies, please don't walk by yourself at night. It reminds me of this joke that uh, comedian Taylor Tomlinson said where she's like, being a woman is really fun until you want to go for a walk by yourself. Then you're like, dang it, I got all these holes. And it's true. <laughs> we have too many holes to be um, out walking at night by ourselves ever. Like if you ask any woman, hey, let's say that men don't exist for 24 hours. What are you going to do? Damn near almost every woman is going to say, walk by myself somewhere. It must be so nice just to be able to like go. You can just go somewhere like by yourself and not worried about getting like murdered. I feel like that common feeling with women is like largely due to motherfuckers that raise men not going, hey, don't be fucking creepy, bud. You know what I mean? You can do mm -hmm. a lot of things as a man, but. The main thing you need to focus on is not being creepy. And like not enough people are telling their boys that they're raising, don't be a creepy slime ball. Hey, your Peter Wee is going to tell you to do some stuff. You got to ignore that shit and be a common, decent human being. I feel yep. like that's that's the the crux of a lot of the scenarios we find ourselves in here on It's You Murder Y'all. Yep, Some dude to know how to control his dialing. Yeah, if people could, you know, we've said it in multiple episodes, put away your wiener um, and your butthole. But if, if you just let women just live, just let us, well, A, like let us live, period. But like, let us, you know, do our little hot girl, sad girl walk. Like, even in daylight, I have to be on high alert when I go on hot girl, sad girl walks in our neighborhood. Because I don't know what creeper might be hiding behind a bush. I just feel like as a man, the, 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 as here's how you should operate in general should be like, you need to treat women that you find attractive, like a shooting star. Oh, oh, that's cool. Oh, it's gone. That was cool. And then just going about your fucking day. And then let's, you know what I mean? Like, like, I feel like dudes and young men in general, let like, what they deem crazy hella attractive is like it's they get too intoxicated and they're like yeah, and they get all weird about it um 
my friend that I work with that has the Corgi that I'm obsessed mm -hmm. with, um, she was telling me the other day, she was like driving down the road or whatever. And I think she was at a red light and this car was like going crazy honking at her. And so she like looked and they were like cat calling and all this shit. And so she basically ignored them. And then he started like dog cussing her. Cause that's always what happens. Best case scenario yeah. is you get called a fat, ugly bitch. Worst case scenario, you get murdered. Um, it, and just, you never I know. Don't, I, it's I, I don't get it. I really, I really, as a man, cannot comprehend that whole that whole scenario. You, you're pretty. I get ignored. Yeah. Well, shit. I guess she wasn't feeling me. Like that's like I feel like the normal, the normal thought process. I guess she wasn't feeling it. Uh, better luck next time. But dudes are like. Brr, you ugly fat bitch Brr. like bro fucking not every single i don't know i i don't want to get on a tangent but it's just it boggles my mind but anyway go ahead what Sorry. are you what are you beating to death in your office uh my hand your, slapped down on my desk I'm with sorry. your your righteous indignance i'm 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 letting you know i'm saying some shit i i appreciate your uh your passion about women being able to like exist without being harassed it's that is, that is my dream well, I, one day. I, I would tell you as, as a man as the the kind of man i am we've everybody knows i'm a tall drink of water at this point apparently <laughs> yeah i i could go out at three o'clock in the morning in downtown knoxville and other than making sure my personal safety is in check and like nobody's sneaking up on me i I could go anywhere in the world at 3 a.m., generally speaking, and feel mostly kind of okay about it. It does bother me that, like, if you were to do the same thing that I'm talking about doing, you'd be like, you know. Yeah, there's no way. Like, that if way, it's a strength thing sometimes. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a giant tangent. It just, it does make me feel some type of way, though. Like, I don't even, like taking the dogs out in our own fenced in backyard at night you have literally if if and when you take the dogs out and it's dark out i'm watching you on the security camera because i the, it lets me know hey somebody's in the backyard so i open up the app and check it and i'm like oh some all right so you just creep on me taking the dogs out so yeah i mean secret time sometimes when i'm working and an hour or 30 minutes or, or 20 minutes or 10 minutes away from the house working. I, it, the, the thing, boop, Hey, movements in the backyard. I'll pull it open and watch y'all the whole entire time. Not to be a creeper. You're being a creeper, but you know, if you guys are live on a video feed and I can visually watch and see what's happening, not for creeper purposes, but for like, everything is normal you're good to go here buddy you are a go at this station as they say in the army i gotta make sure we're not talking smack about you then i don't listen to the noise i just watch the video feed i don't give a shit about what y'all are saying i just want to see visually are they good is everything cool has the anyone fallen down yeah right the camera <laughs> has told me there are some things going on in the backyard that's funny i, I again as we've re we've learned from episodes past I keep a pretty, pretty daggum tight grip on what's going on around my house. And, and, and especially when it involves my wife and daughter. On the flip side, I never know what's going on. 
I do. Because so I am like, I'm you constantly. You are privileged in that regard. <laughs> I'm constantly in my own world and my anxiety is so bad that I can't pay attention to all the little things or it'll be overwhelming. Um, yeah. But when we talked in the last episode about how you could hear the dog and I couldn't hear the dog. My best friend was listening to it. And she texted me. She's like, oh, no, that's your ADHD. She's like, I lived with you and our other best friend who also has ADHD. She's like, y'all's ability to tune things out is unmatched. And I was like, well, I, I hear everything, everything. <laughs> uh, except me talking to you or today when I thought that you had already left. Did you not hear the refrigerator beeping? No, no. you didn't. So I had gotten a Diet Coke and I guess I didn't close the refrigerator good. And I came back here and it was beeping so loud. I'm like, Jesus, like, is the house on fire? No, the refrigerator just opened a little bit. And that's when I heard your music blaring. And that's when I looked in, I was like, oh, I thought you were gone. So I no, even... well, so at that point I was like mm-hmm. very work involved. And, and when I do my paperwork, like my brain, usually you're not here when I do paperwork. But when I do paperwork, I'm I've I hate it. I hate paperwork. So I have to force my brain into a scenario where like I've tricked it into thinking that we're doing work work. And so when I'm doing work work, I have music playing like in my work truck and shit like that. So like we're we're in a groove. And so I have to simulate that same type of scenario in order to be efficient with my paperwork. And so you're because, vulnerable in that moment because uh well it's a timing thing. I pick the time in which to do my paperwork when it is least likely that some bullshittery could happen. You know, I literally thought to myself, when I realized that you were in your office, I was like, little mister, I hear everything. Didn't hear the refrigerator now, did he? Yeah. Yeah. You missed it. So, uh, Aaliyah has left her uncle's house. She's walking less than half a mile. I don't know numbers i don't know how far half a mile is but i imagine it's not very far um it's half of 5248 feet i hate you so the path that Aaliyah used was commonly used by residents um and they it was in one of those neighborhoods where literally everybody knows everybody but no one seemed to have any clue what happened to Aaliyah. as Aaliyah's aunt narisha caldwell told the herald we asked people, did you hear a car drive off? Did you hear any screaming? Did you hear anybody fighting? It's hard to believe that no one saw or heard anything. And so everyone's adamant that Aaliyah would not have left of her own free will. She was in school at the Phoenix Academy, and she had a goal of becoming a hairstylist after graduation. She'd been looking forward to the upcoming holidays because this was like two days before Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving's coming up. Christmas is coming up. A family member had wired her $100 earlier on in that day that she disappeared, but she never picked it up. And I feel like if you're going to disappear, you'd want every penny that you could have. Like if you're legit running away, you want to have Yeah, money. if somebody wired me a, a Benny, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go ahead and get that, bro. Right. She also didn't take any of her shit with her, like not her phone, not her wallet, not her clothes, not her makeup, nothing. And like what 18-year-old girl is going to dip out without their shit, especially their phone? Like that's just not going to happen. So... Aaliyah has been missing for almost 10 years. And while law enforcement would get a few tips or leads around the anniversary of her disappearance every year, those leads started to dry up in 2018. In 2023, though, Aaliyah's case came back into the spotlight when investigators mentioned a possible link to Rex Hewerman. And I honestly don't know if I pronounced that last name right, but I don't care because he's gross nasty. Um, He is the shit ass that has been arrested for the Gilgo Beach murders. 
So apparently Rex. Really? Yes. Apparently Rex and his brother owned property in Chester. Now I have heard of some, I'm not a true crime baddie, as you would say, but I have heard about the Google beach murders. Yes. That was like a big deal when they found him. But apparently him and his brother owned property in Chester, South Carolina, which is about 20 miles south of Rock Hill. Now, as it stands, really? investigators have not I found... I thought that he lived close to like... No, he did, but they he lived in like New York or New Jersey or whatever, but... Uh, he, oh, owned... well, he was kind of a real estate kind of a connoisseur. I don't know. I don't know the word for that, but he yeah. fucked with real estate in general. He did. But yeah, so he had property in South Carolina. So investigators have not found any evidence to actually link him to the disappearance, but they did mention that possible... Um, that they had looked into it. So he owned the land that she was found on. That who was found on? Or, or the, I don't. So back me up. What did he? What What did he own that linked him to this? Just the fact that he owned property. They're basically because it's been. Oh, okay. So she was missing. He owned property in the area, and they're, and they're like, like "We're gonna right." Okay, I got you. Aaliyah Bell was 18 years old when she went missing on November 25th, 2014. She is a black female, 5'6", 145 pounds. She was last seen wearing a black pea coat, gray leggings or joggers, neon blue and green shoes, and a silver lip ring. Aaliyah has black hair and brown eyes. Her lip is pierced, and she has stars tattooed on the left side of her abdomen. She may use the last name Hall, Bell Hall, or Hall Bell. If you have any information on the disappearance of Aaliyah Bell, you can call the Rock Hill Police Department at 803 803- 329-7200. Aaliyah has been missing for nine years and would be 28 years old today. Our next case is going to take us over to Columbia, South Carolina, and we're going to start out with discrepancies almost immediately. So, according to the Charlie Project, Anita Richardson was last seen by neighbors at her apartment complex, the Churchill Apartments, on August 15th, 2003, and her sister reported her missing on October 10th which was almost two months later. Hey, pause for a cause. Okay. Do, I think you may have, t- we may have talked about it, or I remember maybe telling you about it or some shit that I saw some case where this girl in Columbia was downtown drinking and she called an Uber or a taxi. Samantha Josephson, I believe is her name. Is that in a previous episode? No. no we've not covered it because it's been so... It's so yeah. Was that her and name? She got into the she got into what she thought was an Uber or a cab, and then ended and it, up murdered. Yeah, that is awful. Um, okay. What happened to her? I and thought that, that was what I remembered. Yep, you're right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to take a moment to make it known the dedication that we have for this podcast because we are both tired, and I have accidentally I don't know what Rob is doing, but I have accidentally disconnected my headphones twice i've had to pause because my dog would not stop staring into my soul and i had to put her in the living room um but we're gonna do this we're gonna make it through this episode and things are gonna be good so we're gonna go back to talking about anita and i'm gonna refresh y'all on where we stand with anita because we have moved we've finished with Aaliyah. Aaliyah was rock hill we are now anita we're in columbia so there are discrepancies about how she even disappeared Okay, so we're starting off strong. Some sources say that she was last seen by neighbors at her apartment complex, the Churchill Apartments, on August 15th, 2003. And her sister reported her missing on October 10th, which is like two months later. So she may have been, that's a big stretch to be missing. Other sources, including an article by Fox 57, said that Anita had attended a baby shower at her cousin's house, which 
may have been at the Churchill Apartments. I don't know. But she had left after getting into a heated argument with her husband, Robert Richardson Jr. Uh, One thing that is not disputed is the fact that Anita and Robert's marriage was not a happy one. Her family described Robert as being jealous and abusive. Anita's mother told Fox 57, he wasn't the person for her. She married someone she thought she could help. Neighbors told WIS News 10 that Anita and Robert had only lived in their apartment for a few weeks, but they heard lots of noise coming from the couple, raised voices, slammed doors, stuff like that. So Robert seems to have dipped out and stopped paying rent somewhere around the time that Anita disappeared. So eviction notices were served to the apartment. It was discovered that no one was living there anymore, but there was a fridge full of food and Anita's belongings were all still there, including a TV set, a video cassette recorder, a mattress, and all of her clothes. Anita's 1994 teal green Ford Mustang had been missing with Anita, but in October of 2003, so two months after she went missing, the car was found in St. Mary's, Georgia, and her husband's sister was driving it. Up until this point, it had been this had been considered a missing persons case, but for some reason, after locating the car, the case was reclassified as a possible homicide. So Anita goes missing. Husband had been abusive. He's sketchy. He dips out. And then suddenly her car that had gone missing with her is being driven by his sister. That is sketchy. So Anita's husband, and I would imagine the sister too, was interviewed, but has never been named a suspect in Anita's disappearance. His story is that Anita just left him and he don't know where she went. But I would love to know how his sister explained having Anita's missing car. But that, unfortunately, is information that I could not find. Anita's father has been open about his disappointment in how his daughter's case has been handled. He told Fox 57 in 2014 that Anita wasn't listed on the Richland County Missing Persons or Unsolved Homicides website or on the SLED list of cold cases. And I checked and she still is not listed on any of those. He also noted that the websites that she is listed on don't even have her correct age. He did not specify which we- which websites have her age listed incorrectly, and the article also did not state her age. But every resource I found, including the Charlie Project, had her listed as 24. Is she tw- Was she 24? I don't know. I don't know how we can expect to find people when not only, like, we don't know when this person, person went missing, and hell, we don't even know how old they are. Like, how do you expect to find somebody if you don't have the basic information, like what are we doing? Well, Anita Middleton Richardson was maybe 24-ish years old when she went missing in August of 2003. She is 5'5", 135 pounds. We do not know what she was wearing when she was last seen. Anita has brown hair and brown eyes and her ears are pierced. She may use the name, the middle name Quatina or the nickname Q. If you have any information on the disappearance of Anita Richardson, you can call the Richland County Sheriff's Department at 803-576-3000. Anita has been missing for 20 years and would be 46-ish years old today. It was crazy. Like, there's like nothing. There were like pictures of her. She was beautiful. I have pictures of her. Don't know what the fuck happened to her. Don't know how old she was. Like, that is infuriating. Our last case is unique because it is not just one person who went missing. It's three. Now, typically when clusters of people go missing together, it draws a lot of attention, at least within the true crime community. So 
one case that has always stood out to me and that I hope gets solved in my lifetime is the case of the Springfield Three. I've told you about the Springfield Three, but I don't know if you remember it. So I do. I remember it. For this case, 47. Three dudes that got. Nope. You're already wrong. Oh. Yep. Nah, fuck um, it. You just tell me. <laughs> okay. 47-year-old Cheryl Levitt, her 19-year-old daughter, Susie Streeter, and Susie's friend, 18-year-old Stacy McCall, went missing from Cheryl's home in Springfield, Missouri on June 7, 1992, and have never been found. I feel like it might be controversial to include Missouri on its murder, y'all, as there is controversy on whether Missouri is considered Southern, and I will not put my two cents into that discussion, but I do want to shout out a special listener from Missouri named Hayden. Your mama told me that you love the show, and I love that you love the show. So, hello, and thank you for listening. One of my so, best friends and in my entire life resides in Missouri, and I would be remiss if I did not mention my boy. Shouts out to you, Mr. Hoagie. I thought about him, too. When I, uh, how, is he close to Springfield? We've had this discussion. Uh, no, he's kind of out in the boonies. He's like a half hour or more outside of Kansas City. I can't even pretend like I know anything about, I don't, I couldn't even point Missouri out on a map probably because I do have an Alabama public high school education. So, Another popular case of missing people is the Fort Worth Trio. On December 23rd, 1974, 17-year-old Tracel, nope, 17-year-old Rachel Trelicka, forgive me if I mispronounced that because struggles, 14-year-old Renee Wilson and 9-year-old Julie Mosley went missing from a shopping mall in Fort Worth, Texas and have never been found. So, I mentioned those cases to contrast with the lack of coverage of our last case. Cause if you, so for those of you that are just now getting into podcasts, like if, if like we're your first, I appreciate it. Thank you for being here. There's this website called listennotes.com. And when I'm looking at cases, I will go there to make sure that the case that I'm going to do isn't covered by a whole bunch of other podcasts. Cause you can like put in a keyword. So like if you go to listen notes, and you type in Springfield 3 or Fort Worth Trio, you're going to get a metric fuck ton of podcast episodes related to those cases. You will not find a single podcast episode aside from this one on the case we're about to talk about, which is mind-boggling because it literally happened like right in between the two cases I just mentioned because one happened in 74, one happened in 92. This case we're going to talk about happened in 87. Um, and I had never heard of it until I started researching. And as we all know, I'm a true crime baddie, like from way back. And I'm particularly intrigued by missing persons cases because the the idea that someone can just like poof vanish, but not only that, that three people, three people can vanish is mind boggling. So the fact that I hadn't heard this case, I was like, what the hell? So on April the 3rd, 1987, Linda McCord, her 32-year-old friend, Sarah Boyd, and Sarah's two-year-old daughter, Kimberly Boyd, had driven from their home in Harleyville, South Carolina, to a gospel singing in Walterboro, South Carolina. You may have noticed that I did not mention you gotta, that. It's, it's clearly, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it is clearly a Southern true crime podcast when you say a gospel singing. Oh, just wait. Go ahead. You, you just wait. So you may have noticed that I did not mention Linda's age 
And that is because I've seen it reported as 31, 32, and 33. And I don't know which is accurate. Which Why again, is it that women have, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm insensitive to women's suffrage and all that jazz, but like, why is it that women feel the need to like lie about their age or at least not be super transparent about it? I don't know. For me, I am a, I am a 38 year old man and, and it is what it is. Like I, there's gray and in, in different colors in my beard now. It's just part of it. Like, I feel like. I'm not an ugly 38-year-old man, so it's not that big a deal. Like, I feel some type of way about being, like, on the precipice of 40. That makes me feel like, damn. Like, it makes me contemplate my, like, how much time I have left. Not like, ooh, I'm old and and wrinkly or ugly or or, or old in general. Like, it, it's more like a shit dude you gotta get after it still because you're too close to retirement to you're close enough to retirement to where you gotta start hammering you need a hammer i don't, I just i don't get the the women concealing their age thing first of maybe all maybe this is a conversation for another time but first of all that's real cute that you think you're gonna get to retire because you're a millennial and that's not in the cards for any of us if i get after it good enough for a while we might be able to secondly I'm also 38. There, I, I, I said it at work. I like. I, to be, I, I just don't get it. I'm gonna. Explain like you, it. We, we, you and I both do not look like 38 year olds. I ain't got no I gray hair. Like. I ain't. But got, you have way less gray than I do. Because I you have look, zero me, you gray. Look the same way you did 10 years ago to me. Eight, 10 years ago, like you, like you don't look any like. I feel like you've not aged. Well, thank you. I found one gray hair the other day, and I pulled it out. It was just one. Yeah. No, was just I one. have I have so many now that it's like I just don't give a shit about trying to deal with them. Like it's just, you know what? You're there, whatever. I feel like I don't know. I'm maybe get, with, with my um, profession, I feel like or or as a man in general, now people trust me more. I feel like I feel like maybe I'm a little more trustworthy because I have I'm a little more weathered and aged that people will listen to what I have to say rather than me saying things that make sense at a younger age. So I'm going to touch on the women thing in a second, but I like to play coy at work because I work with college students who think that I'm ancient. So I usually will say that I'm 30 plus shipping and handling, or I will say that I'm, I'm older than Taylor Swift, but I'm younger than Britney Spears, which is How old accurate. is Taylor Swift? She's 34. Oh, well. Yeah. Same age as uh, Travis. I'm going to start saying that. I'm going to start saying I'm Taylor. Me and Taylor Swift are the same age, bro. You're four and years people, older than Taylor Swift, bud. She's yeah, 34. You're 38. 34 or 38 ain't that big a difference. Other than knowledge. You know what I mean? I mean, and I don't know. that Knowledge I mean. and experience. That's the only difference between 34 and 38. I, don't I feel like had I known what I know now at 34... Mother that was God. four years ago, but I know if I knew what I know now at 38, at 34, we'd be in a much, we'd have a much better oh, I can think of, on life. Yeah, I can think of a few things. Um, bruh, you know, it's crazy when we were 34, that's when COVID started. I know that's what I'm saying. Like, had 
well, I, I don't know. Nobody knew COVID was happening. But had I known what was what was going down during that whole shenanigans, I would have like, I don't know. I I uh, invested in toilet paper. No, I, something like that. I feel like I sympathize with those who struggled in that COVID was a pain in the ass. But as a man who works in the medical field, especially the third party medical field, that's not inside a hospital, like a specific hospital and like a, a multiple different hospitals, buddy. It, the iron was hot and ready to strike at that point. And had I really, really understood what was going on, boy howdy anyway i digress uh, but if i were if i knew what i knew knew then what i know now son of a b i wish i had started this podcast back then when i i would have had significantly more time than i do now yeah. as you like to note i have basically like a full-time job and two part-time jobs not including being a mother yeah Yay. um oh but to back to your original question um of why women are the way they are about their age it's because uh like society and like dudes are allowed to age y'all are allowed y'all get to be silver foxes like women we we're held i mean there's the the trope of like dudes hitting middle aged and dumping their wives for like a 20 something year old uh, i feel like that's the insecure see nope i feel like a lot of women mm -mm. Uh, do, that's, that's a, a, a negative ghost rider did I mean, you do that a lot? Not necessarily that, but like there is a different pressure on women than there is men when it comes to aging. Because me, yeah. if you if you look at it at a biological level, like men can continue to reproduce until they're fucking one foot in the grave. Like women have an expiration date in that regard, and so like yeah. there's somewhere like deep in our like reptilian brain that's like we need to women need to look younger to secure a mate. It's like a whole thing, but it, it's, it's, I get it. it's nature, but it's also society. I mean, you know, I, I will tell you this as a man in that's pushing 40, I will tell you that in a scenario, a hypothetical scenario, if I were single at this very moment, there is not a fucking chance, not a single fucking chance that I would entertain anyone younger than me. If I entertained anyone at all, I would not entertain anyone younger than me. Not even, not even half, not, there's no fucking chance. There's no way I would do it. I think I've ruined I, you for marriage. I, I don't understand other dudes who are like, I've been married for 15 to 20 years and shit went to hell in a handbasket. And, and here I am in my 40-ish 50s and I'm a single man. I'm going to go for a younger chick. Are you fucking stupid, brother? Hey, you, what are you doing? And and the only dudes that can do it successfully, I feel like, are the dudes with, with money or some type of notoriety. But I just, for me, if I, if I were out there in the world as a, as a single, almost 40 man, there is no way. I would be looking at the younger market. There's just no way. 
uh, I don't believe that for a hot minute. Because oh, but I'm is, I'm telling you this with no. my whole entire chest. Mm -mm, nope. There's so, no way. No with a, way. With as good looking as you are. There's it, no, I'm telling you, there's no way. With the there's money, no way. With the money that you make, you cannot tell me that it's um 24-year-old, big booby having little sword girl came up to you and showed you interest. And if you were single, you would not jump on it. You are a liar, liar, pants on fire. But I, I would not, I would not. You might not marry her. Because again, I think I've ruined you on marriage. But. I just, I, there's too much that goes along with it, I feel like. Like, yeah, maybe maybe you go hang out with that that 20 to 30-year-old, and maybe you have some fun. But, bud, let me tell you right now, all the bullshit that comes along with that, all the, the maintenance that comes along with that is a part of it. And uh, f piss on that. Yeah, um, I... I've got to keep you around as we've talked about before. Like a, I'm not healthy. I need someone that knows my history <laughs> that helps me. Some, I mean, somebody who knows that to give you a leave whenever you. <laughs> yes. Or to bring me the heat bitching and pad. About your back hurting too long. Look, my, you need to get this heat and pad or some leave. I've been hearing you bitch about your pain too much. Go and put this on you. <laughs> well, I learned last night. Don't try to take a pain pill. Cause all it does is make you fucking itchy. And then you can't get no sleep. You can't take a pain pill that, you know, makes you itchy. I forgot. Bedtime. I forgot it makes me itchy. You got to do a leave. You got to do an anti-inflammatory. It was all bed. the. It was all the way in your office. This is why I can't date a young woman. I, there's no way. Why? There's no way. What? Because they won't listen to shit like that. Hey, don't take that right now. That's not what you need. Fuck you! I know what I'm doing. All right, go ahead then. Be itchy, I, motherfucker. Hey, guess what? I guess what? I did. The same I did thing not. I didn't. I didn't. Had I known you were going to do that, I would said, "Hey." Maybe don't do that, babe. Maybe don't do that. You maybe, maybe. You didn't know it makes me itchy because I didn't know it makes me itchy. But. You have told me, I have, I've heard you more than once in our entire relationship be like, man, that prescription grade drug made me hella itchy or like my nose was itchy, but the pain didn't go away. Right. I, wanted I, to I, claw, I wanted to claw my, I'm surprised I didn't keep you awake because I kept tossing and turning because everything itched. Look, when I got to get up at four o'clock in the morning, my mission is sleep. You didn't have to get up at four o'clock this morning. No, that's true. I guess. Also, before we get back to this, back going back to my, I have to keep you around for a multitude of reasons. Another one that just uh, occurred to me is I'm very thirsty and I have a bottle of Fiji water sitting next to me. And I've been trying for almost this entire conversation to open this bottle of water and I can't. I can't get it open. So I can't live by myself because I can't open shit. What you need so, to do is you need to put the blanket over it. I tried. And then to I already tried that. This ain't my first rodeo trying to open something. But listen, check this out. I'm going to coach you up right here on the if podcast. If you are about to mansplain to me how no, 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 to open no, no, no. a bottle, listen, I'm going to come listen, punch you. Just check it out. Put it between the back of your kneecap. And squeeze your leg closed as tight as you can and then twist. So here's the thing. I have been sitting crisscross applesauce this whole time. My knee pit is sweaty. It doesn't matter. Just do it. Just do it real quick. Just try it. Okay, folks. We're going to do an experiment to see. Wait, hang on. What'd you I say mean, to... put it under. Like put... the, the cap or the bottle? The, just the cap. 
in your knee pit. Close it as tight as Ouch. you can. No, no, no. Just easy. Just, just gradually. You no. got to ease into things. It but... didn't work. It didn't work. You failed. Ow. Well, well yeah. we need to, we got to finish this because I'm real thirsty and I'm going to need you to open that bottle for me. Okay. So, so getting back to our case. So Linda McCord, Sarah Boyd, and Sarah's two-year-old daughter, Kimberly, they're going to a gospel singing. According to an article by Jen Wood for Fitz News, the gospel singing was held in the Hampton Street Auditorium in Walterboro, South Carolina. Walterboro is about 50 miles west of Charleston and about 35 miles south of the women's hometown of Harleyville. The concert was set to begin at 7.30 p.m. and was scheduled to have performances by the Swanee Quintet from Augusta, Georgia, and Slim and the Supreme Angels from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I know we just finished a tangent, but buckle up because we're going on another one. So, my meemaw, God lover, loves gospel music. She will tolerate country, but the only music that Meemaw legitimately likes is gospel music. And her favorite group is the Inspirations. They are a quartet. Every year, they do a show in Gadsden, Alabama, which is like 20 miles from where Meemaw lives. Now, I spent the night with my Meemaw every Saturday night from the time that I was an infant until I went off for college. And lucky me, the Inspirations concert was always on a Saturday. So I've been to many an Inspirations gospel singing. And this was the 90s, early 2000s. So cell phones were not a thing. So I just had to sit there in a room full of Meemaws and Pawpaws listening to middle-aged men sing gospel songs in acapella for hours. It was, it was my nightmare. Uh, but there's nothing more powerful than the guilt that a Meemaw can lay on you. Well, I guess I'll just go next year if the Lord's willing and I live that long. Spoiler alert, Meemaw's 90. She's still here. And I want her to be, I hope she lives to be 100, but she got me with that guilt for like 15 years. So Linda, Sarah, and Kimberly seemed to vibe, they seemed to vibe with the gospel music. So, you know, they were jazzed about going to the singing. And I will say this, and I hope that I'm not speaking out of pocket. The gospel singing that I went to was all old ass white people. Not a person of color in the room, not a lick of seasoning to be found within a mile of any direction. The gospel singing that Linda, Sarah, and Kimberly were attending was being led by black gospel groups. And I feel like that is a completely different experience and one that would be much more lively and enjoyable than the ones that I attended. I have lived this experience and can tell you that it is much superior to the caucasity that is uh, Caucasian folks church. Yeah, I grew up Southern Baptist. In a very white Southern Baptist church. It is we, far too rigid. Depending on who our current preacher was married to, sometimes we had a piano player, as they called it. Um, and everyone that went to my church was over the age of 60, except for me and like three other kids. And so it's just old ass white people. And Southern Baptists, they, they don't dance. They don't. We don't know. You sit there and you sing Amazing Grace horribly, and that is it. 
And so that is what my gospel experience is. I feel like if I went to a black gospel singing, I, I'm not even a religious person. I do like some old school gospel songs, but like that just would be, that would be lit. Even if it's gospel, it's lit, right? Uh, well, so it's like, and I'm going to paraphrase here. And Do you want to explain that you, like you did legitimately go, you attended black churches. Like black churches in the, what would people would consider the deep South. I like multitudes, like multitudes of times, multitudes. So for me, think of like your favorite in general R&B or rap song. Just your just favorite, just straight down the pipe rap song. They be singing Imagine, no hands in the church. Well, I just like or or your or or for the religious folk, your favorite gospel. Think think of Amazing Grace, how people sing it in 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 general, just straight down the pipe. Amazing Grace. It's very somber, like the the from my experience in the black church it's amazing grace it's the same thing but it has like this it's so much extra swagger it's like it goes from being like like even so like you know how in white churches when they have the call to altar and they start singing all the sad jesus is going to come and you're not going to be ready songs and you better get up here and get saved or like, like just as I am. You oh, know that I mean? brings back memories, right? You know what I mean? Shit like that. Like in black churches, it's it's different. Where they're like, the big difference to me from 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 white and black churches is like white churches, like it, 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 it there's a whole lot of guilt like implied in hey, you're fucking up. You need to be you need to be up here praying at this altar giving yourself to God. And in black churches, it's more like, Hey, we're here to celebrate Jesus and his daddy and all that shit that envelops being a Christian. We're here. We're here singing songs and we are celebrating our love, not, Hey, you need to come up here and get damn saved. They do that, but it's more like, it's like a feel good vibe it's it's i can't describe i can't really articulate how much how different it is other than like it's more of a somber guilty vibe versus a this is a fun like it's i don't know man it's it's so drastically different that i i think a lot of people that go to white churches and experience southern baptism need to go to a black church and and experience what it is because i feel like black people in general observe like the christian religion in general in a way that that white people do not and it and i feel like that white people more often than not from my experience miss the mark on on southern religion whereas black churches in my opinion do more celebration and and like hey you know what 
I don't know. It's, it's hard to articulate, but I feel like in general that black churches, it's more of a lively, like lovey, inclusive experience versus like a fire and brimstone call Cassidy thing. Yeah. Uh, Southern Baptist is very much fire and brimstone. And also if y'all are wondering, Rob through living in the, the children's home. That I was a lived. foster kid. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah, foster right, you did. parents, foster parents, you know, I, I live with black, white foster parents. I mean, I've, I've experienced the gambit. You grew up cultured. I am. One benefit, one benefit of. I'd be cultured. One of the only benefits. Also, I'm still trying to open this damn bottle of water and my hand hurts now. Um, cause I'm very thirsty. So. The kneecap it, trick. I'm telling you. It, I tried. It did not. I'll show it, you how to do it. You also, you have stronger knee pits than I do. Think of leverage, not strength. Oh my God, you and leverage. Okay. Listen, for a weak person, you need to understand leverage. Leverage is your friend. Leverage is not my friend. It is totally your friend. Leverage I'm, ain't I, done I nothing you. for me. It ain't done. Well, it's nothing. because you ain't never done nothing for leverage. You don't know my relationship with leverage. <laughs> so... This, the gospel singing started at 7.30. And the ladies were staying in Walterboro after the concert around 10.30 or 11-ish. According to the Charlie Project, Sarah's husband, Philip Boyd, got home from work at midnight and was initially a little concerned that Sarah and Kimberly weren't home yet. But then he figured they'd probably just stayed with Linda. When he woke up at 6 a.m. and they still weren't home, though, Philip called the police. Now, there's a really great post about this case on the Unresolved Mystery subreddit. And some people felt that it was weird that Philip wasn't worried at midnight, but was worried at 6 a.m. But it, it didn't strike me as terribly strange. So people were like got into an argument about it because it is Reddit. Um, I also found some reports that said it was Linda's husband who made the report. So I'm not super clear on that because we don't know a lot about this case. So two days later. On April the 5th, 1987, Linda's 1977 Blue Lincoln was found abandoned in Orangeburg County at Wells Crossroad, where State Highways 15 and 176 intersect. Articles from the Times say that the car was found by Orangeburg County Sheriff's Office Captain William Martin, who was accompanied by one of the hus- one of the women's husbands, but it wasn't clear which one. I personally tend to lean toward it being Linda's husband, which is what is written on the Charlie Project. There was no trace of the women in the car, and there also didn't appear to be a struggle. What is interesting, though, is that the car was about 10 miles past where Linda should have turned off to go back to Harleyville. Investigators discovered that a freeze plug had blown out. Now, I don't know shit about cars, so I have no idea what a freeze plug is. Rob, do you know what a freeze plug is? That's some decent. What kind of car was it? It says a Lincoln, a 77 Lincoln. Look, and 77... I, I the oldest vehicle I've ever worked on was a 78, <clears throat> a 78 GMC, which I owned for a short time. And the only mechanic work I did on it was cut the exhaust off. So it sounded cooler. So as far as freeze plugs go in my humbled mechanic knowledge, freeze plugs are, are for diesel engines and, I don't know nothing about a, what was that? A 77 what? Lincoln. 77 Lincoln. Lincoln. Mm-hmm. I don't know about no freeze plugs. What I can tell you from my limited experience that a freeze plug could potentially fuck your shit up. 
from what the article said is basically because the freeze plug had blown out, it caused the car to overheat. So she was driving and it overheated and she pulled over. That's what they're thinking. Yes. Also, I would like to I mean, know that to, makes sense. I would like to announce to everyone that I have successfully opened my Fiji water bottle. Oh, shit. Did you yeah. do it with a kneecap or did you I, just keep twisting? I did not. So I have the bottle and the whole time that you were talking, it's got these like little tiny pieces of like plastic that connect like the top part to like the little ring that stays on when you take the lid off. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I just like stuck my fingernail and like broke each one of those off. <laughs> and so I kind of broke a nail, but then I just like used my sweatshirt. And I just kept twisting and it finally came off. You you have a pocket. You should have a pocket knife in your purse for that very thing. Number one, I don't even know where my purse is right now. And number two, yeah. I, do, I don't. I have mace in one of my purses, but I don't remember I've given one. you a knife before. I, I don't know where it's been. Where I don't, it's at now. You've changed purses multiple times between that time and now. But um, Yeah. You don't just be walking around with the same purse all the time. You um, do be walking around with the same knife all the time. I well, carry the same. Listen, I have been the same four knives that have been my everyday carry have been the same four knives I've been using for my everyday carry for the last probably eight years. Well, I don't have one anymore. You can get me a pink one, please. Yeah. I will put it in my makeup bag. Or like I have like a bag that has like tissues and gum and a mirror and all that stuff i'll put it in there because i'm gonna get get you an out the front knife is what i'm gonna get what is that you push a button you slide it you so you slide a button up and then a knife pops out at the end of a handle and so you having to go oh i have a knife and i'm gonna stab you you just go i have this handle in my purse and i'm gonna slide i'm gonna push this button forward with my thumb and a knife is gonna pop out of it i don't even have to think about it and I'm going to stab you straight in your eyeball. Right. It's like a, I'll bring you one in there after the episode and you'll be like, oh, that's dope. How many knives do you have? Listen. We just be having weapons? Let, let me, you need to understand. Me not knowing anything again. This is, this has been, I, I went over it in, in quasi detail the last episode about how I protect you and our daughter and the puppies and all the things that I own and that are in this house. Listen, ain't nobody getting in here without a fight. Just know that. Just know. Just know. Like the the baseball bat that is hanging next to the the door in the garage is not the first line of defense, my dude. Just know. The, Just know. The amount of confidence that your daughter has in relation to that baseball bat. She she thinks it's all a part of it. You need this is curated. It is not by accident. This child is convinced that if someone comes in this house, she's about to beat the shit out of them with a baseball bat. And I'm like, that's "That's all she right. That's she needs that, that. That confidence is what I need for her to have her safety, her feeling. She feels safe. Does she not? She feels safe in this house. And that is more than anything in my entire life, the goal in life is to make you and her feel like in fear in this house, you, I, I know because you told me, you told the listeners, I don't, 
I don't listen to the puppies bar. I don't, I don't hear a dog. You don't have to, you have the luxury of not having to hear. It makes me happy that I know that you don't hear that shit because I feel like if you don't hear it, then you feel that safe that you don't have to listen or pay attention to fuck all. If you feel that way in this house, I have done my job. So if you feel so convicted in your feelings that I have not heard that. Dog, I have no idea. Why is he so angry that this dog is barking all the time? It's because every time it barks, I hear it. And you don't have the luxury or the inconvenience of having to hear it because I've already heard by the time, if you hear a dog bark, if you, by the time you hear anything, if you go, what was that noise? There is a million percent chance that before your brain goes, what was that noise? My brain has already gone. What was that noise? Oh, it was this. Or, or what was that noise? I'm going to check it out. Oh, it was this. We're good to go here. As soon as your brain goes, what was that noise? Mine has gotten to the, we're good here. Just know that. So I mean, it, I'm not kidding. And I just, was, just know that. <laughs> I was only going to say two things. I'm not going to say three things. Number one, when I am paying attention and you're going to fight me on this and I'm saying it with my whole chest, when I am paying attention, my recognition of sounds is faster and better than yours. For instance, yesterday I was about to have to throw hands because you're like, what's that noise? I'm like, one of the dogs knocked over their bowl. Like, what? I'm like, one of the dogs. I know, I know the exact sound. It was probably Louie. I know the sound of the bowl. I, I know which one saying. it was. I knew exactly I what, what it was. I hear what you're saying. But like I said before, my ears hear a normalcy and frequency of normal noises. These are the normal noises. I'm used to these noises and anything outside of that necessary parameter is foreign to me. And so my ears heard something that was very foreign to me. Although for your brain, you heard what was foreign to you and you immediately recognized in your brain, oh, this is foreign to me. Oh, it's this thing. My brain had to go, oh, this is outside of the norm. I had to identify what was outside of the norm. And then I had to go, what was that that was outside of the norm? So I was processing what was outside of the norm for me. Yes, you just for you, proved right. my point that, yeah, I process those sounds faster than you do if I'm paying attention. That's key. I've been right. paying attention. Right. So that Had was, you not been paying attention, though, had you not been like, have even heard it. Well, no, no, no. You hearing it, but even had you not said anything to me or we had not had that discussion of what that was, like there's like a, a timer in my brain. I won't get into the schematics necessarily, but there's a basically my brain in over time has developed a timer that's like, yeah, that was that was different. And then I just get up and walk around the house. To listen. And I get I irritated at you because I will tell you, I know what the noise is. If and I, and I hear what you say, but then like it's, it's, it's less about me not thinking, you know, what you're talking about and more me ch checking boxes off of a checklist of, all right, is the back door locked? Did you look out the back door before you locked it? 
that was a weird noise. Did you check the garage? Is the garage door still locked or did you, did you physically visually make sure it's still locked? You know what I mean? There's like a whole checklist of things that I have to go through. You know, it's, it's a, Y'all, I swear he's not as crazy as he sounds. I'm not crazy. I just, there, he is. there is, I, I, you cannot sleep soundly or you cannot relax your brain soundly as a man. If you do not make sure that you and yours are taken care of constantly. Okay. Um, I'm my sorry. Other, That's my, my take. My other two <laughs> things I was going to say with the baseball bat makes me feel 0% safe because what would happen is I would have the baseball bat. The murderer would come in, immediately take the baseball bat from me and beat me with it. Here's the thing, though. You being armed with a baseball bat, there's a certain percentage of assailant in general that would see you armed with that baseball bat. And for as long as it takes for that person to... So... I'm tell I've told you and I will tell you if you have that baseball bat in your hands, if it is in your hands, you go to Wampin. If it is in your hands, you need it and you just go to Wampin. You go to Wampin until you physically have to lay on the floor because you are so exhausted that you cannot womp no more. Well, that's gonna happen after about three womps. That's all you that, it literally that, if, it took me it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It took me 15 minutes to open a one liter bottle of Fiji water. Hey, if three womps gets that however many people to go, you know. I'm the least intimidating person ever. Like I've got the the little girl voice. I've got the upper body strength of a three-year-old. Also, if I'm going all the way out there to get the baseball bat, I'm I'm making a pit stop in the kitchen. I'm getting a butcher knife I, and I'm stabbing it in the jugular, right I, in the jugular. If you have the opportunity to get a knife versus a baseball bat, but get the fucking knife. If you have that much time, that's what I'm saying. If you have it in your hand, if you have gotten to the point where it's the, there's a baseball bat in my hands, it, any, any measure of lumping that you do is going to create it's you, it, you extend the expectancy of you making it out of that scenario alive so much more. That, I mean, I'm telling I'm, you, that's why it's there. I'm going to tell you this. That. I'm never going for the baseball bat. I literally have a cuticle pusher next to me that's got a real pointy end. I'm grabbing that son of a bitch before I grab a baseball bat. I will get right. you in the eyeball I get, with I, this. I'm, I'm so aware. I'm so aware that you are not going to run to that baseball bat that I know that you're going to grab whatever's next to you next to the bed. So that for me and my brain, if you get to the, if you get all the way to the point where you are at that baseball bat, there are so many things that I've thought about beforehand that she, she might do this or that, but if this is a last resort, if she gets to this part of the house and she has to grab this baseball bat, she's got it at least. I need a good can of like 80s aerosol hairspray because that shit could work like mace. I'm just, I'm like, and- listen, other husbands are out here playing checkers and I am playing chess, my boys, is all I'm saying. Um, and granted, I will give you this. I have... I get I have leaned into the preparation and training that my military my like low level of military experience trained me but the the things that the military trained me 
on how to protect the citizens of America in general. Like I apply those to how to protect my family and my wife and my child. So I do have that kind of advantage, but it's, it's very simple. If you are detail oriented at all and you take any kind of, or you pay any kind of attention to how things work in life and, and how to protect what's around you in general, it's, it's, it's really very simple. You just have to have, if you have a plan, then you're ahead of most people. That's all. I was going to say my third thing, but we've been talking for a long time. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you No, I will say it just because I got to burst your bubble a little bit. So yes, I I am privileged because it's murder y'all, but it's also how not to get murdered (laughs) y'all. Yes, I do have a very, a very large military trained husband. So I do have that privilege, but, and I don't like being by myself and I never have all the way back to like being younger. I've never liked being by myself. Um, I have a lot of anxiety, but I going back to like hearing the noises, I purposefully don't want to hear the noises. As my mother can tell you, like if there were ever times where she had to, where my parents had to work late, like they'd come home, I would have every TV in the house on. Like, I don't want to hear shit. If you're going to murder me, you come up behind me and don't let me know it. I don't want to hear it. Is that a weird noise? I'm going to turn this up. I'm going to put my my noise canceling headphones on. I don't want to hear that. That's why I think I tune shit out. Like I don't want, and, and here's one thing that keeps me from, because I do listen to a lot of true crime and part of it's, I I have a lot of theories on why I'm obsessed with true crime, but, um, oh, where was I going with that? Oh, I had a good, I had a good, I lost it. What was it that I was going to say? Listen to true crime. Well, shit, maybe it'll come to me later. Okay. You got this. I got this. It'll like, it'll just pop into my head. Maybe where was I? Oh, that's frustrating. Okay. So the freeze plug that we don't really know what a freeze plug does has blown out, but, and I don't really go into detail, more detail about this, but it is weird to me that like they were 10 miles past where they would have turned off to go home. Like that's weird to me. Like 10 miles. Yeah. They went like, they went past where they needed to turn. I mean, like, like explain to me why you think, I mean, you know what I mean? Go. Okay. So, uh, let's, let's say I'm driving home from work. Right. And I go missing and you find my car down by where we used to take pebbles to the vet down in Carnes. I've gone many miles past where I needed to turn to go home. Right. Would that not be weird? Like if my car was breaking down. And you went 10 10 miles miles past. Past where I needed to turn to go home. I mean, I'm very aware of where you are and what's going on, but like if you were on your way, like that's why I'll text you or call you at a certain time of day and be like, yeah, what's going on? Like, you know what I mean? It's right. Well, this was 1987, so they couldn't right, do that. Right, exactly. But do you so, see why I find it weird? It is very, very weird. Right. Okay. If you, uh, so for the layman, I feel like people think 10 miles is is uh, 10 miles that's not that far but like 10 miles is like if you're on the highway for 10 minutes straight doing 70 you know what i mean that's not like you're doing 70 miles an hour you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that's that's not a short distance in general you know what i mean if you think about it 
in 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 terms of distance. So like, that like, and granted, I I'm a man who travels on the highways frequently. So for me, if so, for me, if I went ten miles past the exit that I needed to get off on, son of a bitch. So I got to go. I'm ten miles out of my way now. I got to get off on an exit. Then I got to turn around and do another ten miles back to where I got to go. That's 20 minutes at a minimum I've wasted. Like if you go 10 minutes down the highway at an average of 65 to 70 miles an hour, you're traveling distance. You know what I mean? Like 70, 60 to 70 miles an hour is not, it's not 120, but it's not, you know what I mean? Like, no, you've lost me, but um, I just Googled it. And the example I just used, the vet's office is actually, that's only five miles away. So I'd have to go double that. That's really fucking far. Like, I, I'm not going to say where I work, but I work four and a half miles away. And that, I mean, that's, it takes me like 12 minutes on a good day to get to work. Like 10 miles is a, a long way to go past where you need to turn. That's like, what I'm saying. Like this, they, for you, like the time is not the distance. The time is traffic, right? So for you. Well, no, it's 12 minutes without traffic is what I'm saying. Like, if I don't get stuck at red lights and traffic, it's like 12 minutes. Right. I mean, that tracks for sure. But that's what I'm, but, but my, I'm extrapolating that distance over like highway miles. Like, if you did that same 12, like for me, 12 minutes, 12 minutes for me is like half, like halfway from Knoxville to Gatlinburg. Bruh. Like in, in 25 minutes, I can be from my house to Gatlinburg in like 25 minutes. I just like, egg, like the Gatlinburg exit. You know what I mean? Like I, I can get there. So for me, like I extrapolate, I extrapolate things in a weird time. Like I'm a 10, 15, 20, 25 minute, half hour. You know, I'm like, you know, I, I extrapolate time. I'm again, people, I'm not crazy, but I'm just, he is. I, um, I just if you want to be a professional, you have to know what's going on. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Um I'm, I'm I just, sorry. <laughs> I just Googled because I y'all numbers aren't my thing, which I'm taking statistics this semester, but um so I have to think in terms of like landmarks or things I know. So that's I just, great. Yes. So I just Googled how far is it from Alexandria to Oxford? Which, I'm going miles, bud, because we're talking miles. I got you. We're not talking minutes. So depending on, I guess, which way, this is if you go 431 to 21, it's 13 miles. So this is like, like just short of going to Oxford from Alexandria, which is not relevant to There's anyone. There's a lot of shortcuts now versus when, like when we lived there, it's very different now. Bud, like I can get from Alexandria bud, to Oxford quickly. Bud. I Man. fucking Googled it. I Googled it. It's current. It's the current. Oh, that's my bad dog. <laughs> you don't listen. I'm sorry. You can listen to the dog two houses down, but you don't listen to me. So that's my bad. Yes. So three weeks after, because I couldn't, that's why I had to Google it. I couldn't have told you if my life depended on it, how far it's away good, it's real was good now. Yeah. Well, it's 13 minutes now. So imagine how, or it's 13 miles, I guess, using the shortcut. So imagine how long it, anyways. Yeah, anyways. but this, the speed changes. 
But, it goes from 45 all the way up to 65, back down to 35. Yeah, baby, but we're not talking speed, honey. We're talking miles. Not miles I, per hour, miles. I got you, fam. Okay. So three weeks after the women disappeared, authorities did a search of the area near where the Lincoln had been found. You heard me right. Three weeks. Police waited three weeks to search the area around the car. I have a okay. question. Yes. Is there any explanation as to why they waited? So when you say they waited three weeks, what does that exactly mean? Like the car was found and they did not search the area around where the car was found. Until three weeks after. Correct. Not only that. That's pretty fucked up. I feel oh, like. you just wait. Not only that. Dorchester County Sheriff Carl Knight said, quote, we called for the search to satisfy the families, end quote. Hmm. The fuck. Now, according to the state, which is a local newspaper in Columbia, the decision to conduct the search was made after they had made inquiries about the status of the case to the sheriff's office. So that's interesting. But I feel like that was real shitty that the sheriff was like, yeah, we did this to like appease the family. Like, Bruh, like it's next to a wooded area. How are you not going to search the wooded area? So over I mean, two- I feel like that's a super no-brainer. Yep. It's a wooded area near the place where some potential malice went down. We ought to check it out, probably, I reckon. Yep. So that's uh, jurisprudence? Is that what they call it? Sure, I, I'm not sure. That's wrong. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Over 200 people <laughs> over 200 people spent five hours searching the Wells Crossroads area where Linda's car had been found. Friends and family of the missing trio, including Sarah Boyd's husband, Philip, were among those searching. Noticeably absent from the search, however, was Linda's husband. I would also like to note here that Philip Boyd willingly took a lie detector test and he passed. But John McCord, Linda's husband, declined on the advice of his attorney and on the day that Linda's car was found, John, her husband, moved out of his mother-in-law's house where he and Linda had been living at the time of her disappearance. So to recap, this man, I'm pretty sure, was the one that, quote-unquote, found the missing car. He did not participate in the search. He would not do a lie detector test. And the day that the car was found, he moved out of the house that he had shared with Linda, which belonged to her mother. A little sketchy. <laughs> This is some bullshittery. So, unfortunately, the initial search was a bust. After the search, good old Sheriff Carl Knight, Mr. We're just here so the family will quit bitching, told reporters, quote, We're going to plan another one if we get information that's any good to us. We just can't go out and search a place just because somebody says they think someone is there, end quote. He went on to say, quote, We're still, we're still going to investigate it. We're waiting now and looking for someone to give us a call and give us some information as to where we can get started, end quote. I mean, isn't the, the whole point of investigating to, like, go out and look for clues? Like, cases would never get solved if cops just, like, stayed in their office and waited for people to call and tell them what they needed to know. Like, I feel like one of the main tenets of police work is, like, proactivity. Yeah, not for, uh, not for Carl Knight. I mean, dude. Yeah, his comments are very... I, I, this is one of the main reasons I don't like the goddamn police. 
Also, the reality of bullshit. The reality of the situation is if you are a person of color, you really don't want to go missing in a small town in the South. Cause they'd they, be bullshit in uh, yes. Yes, they do. the police. Yep. They'd be bullshitting. Yep. So for this next part, I'm not clear if this was during that initial search that was like three weeks after they went missing, or if this was done in a later search. But either way, investigators didn't find anything related to Linda, Sarah, and Kimberly during their search. But they did find something else. You know what they found? What? The ganja. Oh, three, three to four fields of it. Depending oh, that's on a lot of ganja. Police would later say they had found as much marijuana in that raid as they'd confiscated statewide the previous year. Oh, they were doing work. The fields had irrigation wells, a sprinkler system. Love and, to see it. And somewhere between 75 and 104 plants, depending on your source, with some plants as tall as 15 feet. I didn't know we could grow Wow, they were getting after it. Authorities estimated the street value to be over $20 million, which would be around, 50, tracks. Which would be around $55 million today. And they said it could take, could take up to three days to chop down all the plants, haul them in, weigh them, and destroy them. That tracks. You know, it's funny. How many, do you, when I say those numbers, when you say three days, like that means that's not three, that's not 10 people. That's like 20 to 30 people probably. Like I'm not bullshitting you. That's a lot of people putting in a lot of work and effort and manpower to make that happen. I don't know that. For any other reason than I'm just speculating, to be real honest with you, maybe. Who knows? You I'm sure you saying. ain't growing weed out in the woods somewhere? I'm not growing weed, but I'm look, I, I'm a learned and cultured son of a bitch, okay? I know some things. <laughs> I'm not just a sharpening medical instruments guy, okay? I know some stuff, maybe, okay? I like to know stuff. I like to be hip on the things. I'm just... Listen... There's a lot of effort that goes into growing acres of weed, okay? And it's not a two to three man operation. I'm just saying. So if you're going to get after it like that, it's multiple people doing shit. That's all I'm saying. So what's funny is it ended up being three farmers. They were all brothers. One was 63 and two of them were 47 year old twins. There's no way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Them dudes were hard at it. I'm talking... Probably 15-ish hour days. So two of them got charged for manuf manufacturing and trafficking over 100 pounds of marijuana. That's a lot of effort. Yeah. And I don't know what happened to them. Well, like, um, the one um, guy... Pretty good idea. <laughs> it, one guy got acquitted by the Supreme Court. I think they must have known people. People got to quit bullshitting about the weed, bro. To be I real know, honest. but I mean, it's bullshit at this point. Yeah, but this was 1987, so. I mean, come on. So that drug bust was pretty much the nail in the coffin for the missing gospel trio because what little attention police had been paying to the case was quickly diverted to the weed operation. About a year after the disappearance, Linda's mama, Miss Cicero Williams, did what most mamas of missing people do. Do you want to guess? What? She called a psychic. Son of a bitch. How so, many years? Uh, the the next year. Look, buckle nope, buckle up for this one. This one, <laughs> I giggled. So you can't go to any psychic. Is almost. Oh no, just you buckle in. So 
According to Charleston psychic Elizabeth Barron, she is able to go into a trance that allows her to give psychic readings. Mm. During during that trance, the spirit of St. Catherine of Siena, a 14th century Catholic nun, would enter her body and apparently give her all the information mm. that she needed. Interestingly enough, Miss Barron was raised Baptist mm. and had actually never even spoken to a living nun until she got involved with this case. And oh, was, boy. I thought it was funny that the newspaper clarified that she'd never personally spoken with a living nun. <laughs> Those specifics um, lead me to the outcome of kind of bullshit. <laughs> she also told a newspaper reporter, quote, I've only had two complaints by clients in the last years. And I think Ooh. I've I think I've helped people straighten out their lives, end quote. I would Ooh. really like to know what the complaints were about specifically. I'd like to think is very speculative. So Miss Barron met, and I will say, I don't think she was getting paid. Like she was working with the police for this. So Miss Barron met with Linda McCord's mama, Mrs. Williams, and Sarah Boyd's mama, Mrs. Evelyn Ross, at the Dorchester County Sheriff's Office in Somerville. After coming out of her trance, she told. <laughs> See, when you say things like that. <laughs> after she talked to the 14th century nun, who was also a saint. Um, <laughs> She told the women that Linda, Sarah, and Kimberly had been murdered and buried 27 miles from Somerville. The next week, Miss Barron drove to the spot on U.S. Highway 15 where she believed the bodies were buried. They didn't find the bodies, but according to Miss Barron, local residents had told her about a horrible smell that had been in the area. She wondered if maybe whoever murdered the trio had come back and moved the bodies. So I will say this. I've thrown a lot of shade at psychics that we've discussed in previous episodes. Now, I do believe in psychics. And although... The talking to St. Catherine of Siena is a little weird. I low-key kind of believe her. Not about the saint, but about, like, I I low-key think that the bodies may have been buried there. It makes sense. So it could have been an educated guess, but... Here's my thing. The fact that she wasn't getting paid makes me more apt to believe her. I get all that. But when I hear people say... Things like they're talking I mean, to nuns from the 14th century. Right. But like, so here's, 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 let, let's just real world example for me. If like, when I talk to people about like professionally, what I do for a living, when, when I talk to people like in my brain, I've been doing what I do for like, what, 11 years now, almost 12, something like that. Mm hmm. Well, let's just say 10 to be. No, because you were doing it before. Oh, nine. No. Wait. <laughs> but I graduated college in 08. It started when we moved to Georgia after we got married, but before we had our kid. So that was in 2011. We got married in 2011. We had yeah. her in 2013. So this is around 2012. So you're at the 11 to 12 year mark. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why he keeps me around so that I can tell him That's how a, old he math is. Math is and not my strong suit. So when I start talking were you numbers. Not just, were you not just going off on a tangent about 70 miles per hour? Or did I hallucinate that? Well, those are numbers that I can easily extrapolate. You have said the word extrapolate no less than seven times. Also, I have a bruise on my hand already from trying to open that water. So again, I ain't whomping nobody with a baseball bat. If you, that's what I'm saying. If you get to the baseball bat, by the time you get to it, there are so I'm gonna many be tired. things that had, had to have gone wrong for you to have just gotten to the baseball bat. 
if but you, yeah, you understand that the baseball bat you getting to the baseball bat is like a oh my god everything has gone wrong if you get to the baseball bat you need to understand in your brain that you at that point have to do everything in your physical effort to survive and if that fails then you're kind of fucked if you get to the baseball bat you're fucked is kind of what i'm telling you honey i think that you overestimate my will to live you saw me lay face down i did it was a bummer and i would i can't dude i cannot tell you my spider senses said Huh. My wife has fallen and she will. No, I don't. Even, it wasn't even that she had fallen. It, I knew that I knew it was snow gentlemen and ladies of audience members of all kind. I just know when this happened, it was super snowy and icy out. And my, my faculties were on a heightened sense of things in general. So I knew they had taken the dogs out and it was an icy stormy. It, we, we had been locked in the house for at least six days at this point, And it was just, we were in here. It was icy. And I knew, I knew, Hey, they're taking the dogs out. And I was like, man, somebody's going to bust their ass. Well, I, well, I personally had walked the area and was like, man, it's, 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 yeah, it's dicey. It's dicey out here. And you let me go out, out there. Well, with my clumsy you know, self. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I was like, ooh, they're taking the dogs out. And, like, you, like, I had heard y'all go through the hallway and go down the outside. And I was like, mm. by the time I heard y'all close the back door, I was like, I better go, I better go scope that out. And I had gotten up, put my shoes, put my jacket on, put my shoes on. I came out the door and your daughter had already run to the back door, almost busted her ass. And she met me at the back door. I love I mean, She literally met me at the back door and said, daddy, when she said, daddy, I was at the back door and had already, you know what I mean? I'm, like, oh I, God, what has my wife done to herself now? I'm telling you. And I looked back on the security camera and in my brain, I was like the exact time that you fell and you, you yelled out, oh God, ow. I like was the exact time that I got up out of my chair and came, put my jacket on, put my boots on and like, she literally, as soon as like, it was so crazy to me. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not a psychic, but I'm very in tune to some shit. Sometimes I feel well, like I wish it. that you could have predicted that. So that did not happen. Well, but I, I, I would know again, like I, there's, I could not have been to your, aid any faster there's no way i could have been there any faster i mean i was there i i look back on the security camera and was like fuck dude you fail between the time that you fail and the time that i came to your aid 15 seconds 15 seconds i'm just saying like yeah. 15 seconds you yeah. were on the ground for about 15 seconds and i i was hey babe babe I, I watched the camera. I was like, holy shit. And I literally, my brain goes, Ooh, you better go check on them. And back to my it's original, called. my original point of <laughs> you overestimating my will to live. I would have laid there indefinitely face down. I don't even know if I had my glasses on. I had to peel you off the fucking ground, dude. <laughs> I forgot to tell you later that I had to wash those pants. Cause there was a little bit of, there's a little bit of duty on the knee. <laughs> Because <laughs> I literally I mean, was laying. I in told duty. you when I picked you up, I was like, "Your baby, you're laying in piss and shit." I think. Come on, get up. I was like, "I come on." You were like, Ugh. 
I was like, oh, and I was like, fuck, I gotta pick her up. And so I, was, I literally lifted you off the ground. That was literally, I literally fell and just, I'm dead. I'm here now, face down. In I knew it. I knew where you were placed. I was like, as soon as I came out the door, I was like, damn it. So if you think that I'm going to get to the baseball bat, you are mistaken, sir. That's what I'm saying. If you get there, if I will not, if there's Mm -hmm. a chance, if you make it there, if there's, I mean, if, even if it's a 1% chance, if you make it to the baseball bat, there's so many things that have gone wrong by the time you get there. If you have any injury, injury, any energy at all to swing it then you have done yourself a great service. I don't even have much energy on a good day. I'm just saying, if you get there, just know. Also, I'm not trying to discourage you, but if you have any, goddamn, if you have any energy at all to swing, swing away, as they say, swing away. There we go. Before we get to this last part, I will say that me falling, busting my ass, laying face down in the dog potty area is not the most traumatic falling experience that we've had to go through with me. Oh no. Uh, that's why, that's why I'm non-familiar with this place. Yeah. Um, or I am familiar, I guess not non-familiar. I don't know if we've talked about for long story short, I fainted when we were actually, we were moving to rock Hill and I fainted and I fell on the concrete and I hit my head and I had a seizure and it was a whole thing. It was oh. the week of us moving. It was literally in the middle of us moving, loading things in a truck. It was a bummer, dude. It was. Um, I woke up on a stretcher. I'd never, I'd never gotten stitches before, but I busted my face open. So it was. It was one of those times where I knew I loved this lady. Oh, <laughs> look at you! See my poor health and clumsiness. It it brings us closer together. Yeah. So a big lead in the case came in 1990 when Sarah Boyd's credit card was used at a local mall. Now this is back when they had the swappy thing that made a carbon copy of the credit card. You remember those? Mm -hmm. So police said that the signature on the paper was barely legible and it didn't match Sarah's handwriting. And that was it. Nothing else. No additional investigation. Just, oh, we can't really read it, but it don't look like our handwriting. So, okay, we're done. They really did not care. So, on the Reddit thread that I mentioned earlier, the host of the Unresolved podcast, which I'm not sure if I've listened to that, but now I want to go check it out, wrote, quote, Unfortunately, I actually tried doing some digging into the into this a while back and filed a Freedom of Information Act request with Dorchester County and Orangeburg County Sheriff's Offices. Orangeburg County has no records whatsoever, and Dorchester County claims that they are not allowed to hold on to records beyond 10 years unless a heinous crime has been committed. Because there's no record of that here, they have nothing on file and may have disposed of whatever files they had had on the case years ago. As sad as it is, I find it unlikely that we'll ever find out what happened to these three unless someone confesses, end quote. Sadly, I agree with Darth Stupidious, which is that person's username, I do not think this case will ever be solved unless someone comes forward. Linda McCord was in her early 30s when she went missing on April 3rd, 1987. We don't know her height. We don't know her weight. And we don't know what she was last seen wearing, which is super helpful. We just know that she has- We don't know shit? No. And there's one picture of her and it is like someone took it with a microwave. 
it is black and white and blurry and grainy and yeah so all we know is that she has black hair brown eyes and may wear eyeglasses and one thing that i found funny and i'm going to say this again when i um when i give sarah's description so in both of these they say that they may wear eyeglasses but in the pictures that they have on the charlie project website they are wearing glasses so they absolutely wear glasses so it's weird that it says they may wear glasses no they for, like legit wear them well, they're, they're 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 on their face eyeball impaired yep so linda was a graduate of Claff claflin i hope i said that really claflin college which is a private hbcu in How orange spell that c-l-a-f-l-i-n claflin i think claflin 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 i would say claflin or we'll claflin. Go, i feel like claflin that's what i i, I feel like with no you it's got to be claflin did i not say that uh, you said Claflin. Okay. That's what I thought. You made me no. confused. Okay. No, we're, um, I'm, we're on the so same page. We're on the same page. So that is a private HBCU in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And at the time of her disappearance, she was working on a master's degree in education at South Carolina State, which is a public HBCU in Orangeburg. She worked for the State Highway Department Somerville Motor Vehicle Service Center. And speaking about her daughter, Linda's mother said, quote, Linda is quiet and not the type to frolic, which side note... <laughs> I know what that means. <laughs> I feel like that could be said about me. I'm quiet and I'm not. No, you're not a frolicky individual. I'm not frolicking. We do. You do not frolic. I don't. This would not be like her to just leave. Linda wouldn't stay away from me that long. We were very close. She called me several times a day. She is a nice, sweet girl. End quote. Sarah Boyd was 32 years old when she went missing. She was last seen wearing a beige flower print dress. She is between 5'4 and 5'7 inches tall and weighed about 105 pounds. I was thinking about this, especially with them not knowing, uh, like, Linda's height and weight. How tall am I? 5'7. Thank you. We are not going to do weight. Although, I will say, like... Bruh, listen. I don't know I'm if you... Be, listen, you be bullshitting and hating on yourself about... Bruh, to me, you have maintained a particular scenario for as long as we've dated. For as long as we've been together, there's like you, for me, how attracted I am to you versus however you feel about what you look like. Or I feel like for me, whatever standards in my eyes, I feel like pretty or attractive you are you maintain like you don't whatever you feel like i'm like I'm, that motherfucker is attractive to me i'm motherfuckers hot as shit i'm fucking i'm gonna smack you in your butt and shit now that you can since it doesn't hurt since as you much. didn't fall in the ice like so now that you're healed well i appreciate that i'm you're just sweet. saying bro yeah you know, like young women be out here judging y'all self super hardcore and the man that you keep if the man that you keep is a fucking any kind of man at all, I mean, I don't know. A secret time, if the woman that we fall in love with is the woman that we keep in our eyes at all times. So, like, I'm in love with the woman that I fell in love with. You know what I mean? Like, none don't of the Don't you make me cry matters. on this podcast, I swear. I'm just saying out here throwing out woman, words of affirmation the woman i fell in love with is the woman that i fell in love with 
None of the other shit matters. Look at you. I'm was... listen. If we're going to be calling a spade a spade on the podcast and murderers, murderers and shit asses, shit asses, we're going to be calling lovers, lovers. I think you're full of shit, but I love you anyways. I'm just saying. So, uh, Sarah has black hair, brown eyes, and again, may wear eyeglasses, although she is absolutely 100% wearing glasses in the picture they have of her. She may use the first name Jeanette. Sarah worked for Norman C. Tool Middle School at North Charleston. If Sarah is alive, she would be around 68 or 69 years old. Kimberly Janice Boyd was two and a half years old when she went missing. At the time, she was three feet, four inches tall and weighed about 25 pounds. And she has black hair and brown eyes. It is unknown what she was wearing at the time of her disappearance. In a 2011 article by the Post and Courier, Philip Boyd, Sarah's husband and Kimberly's father, talked about his experience with losing his wife and daughter. Though he later went on to remarry and have a son, he says that he still prays for his first family every day. He told the paper, it's the worst thing that has ever happened to me. A loving family vanished into thin air. If Kimberly is alive, she would be 39 years old today. If you have any information on the disappearances of Linda McCord, Sarah Boyd, and Kimberly Boyd, you can call the Dorchester County Sheriff's Department, although they probably will not give a shit, at 843-873-5111. These ladies have been missing for almost 37 years. And those were the cases, and also many tangents, of Aaliyah Bell, Anita Richardson, Linda McCord, Sarah Boyd, and Kimberly Boyd. So, Rob, what are your final thoughts? What do you think happened to these ladies, to all these different ladies? I feel like it's on par for many of these scenarios for my for my assessments. It's like it's an unfortunate circumstance mixed with the times or the you know the person involved, the the race of the person involved, or whatever it may be. It's like so on some bullshit kind of. I feel I mean a lot of these cases, a lot of these stories, a lot of these scenarios through all these episodes that we've gone through, for me, it feels like, you know, it's, it, it comes out of the policing and the, and the investigation and then how serious people take the allegations or facts of the case. And I don't know, man, it's sometimes it just bothers me how, how, you know, whoever's involved with solving a a case whether it be murder or missing person or or bad things in general like how they turn out or the circumstances that end up either it being a solved case or a cold case or whatever i feel like a lot of it and is it ultimately comes down to who really gives a shit exactly which is really sad because we should all give a shit equally about people like regardless of your race your gender your station in life like we should all give a, a shit about like finding people that are missing or like prosecuting people that murdered and things like that so sorry i'm pulling a rock right. somebody's eating some shit i know <laughs> i thought it you were... me this time motherfuckers i thought you were gonna talk longer so i put in a piece of candy you played yourself yep um okay i'm good now so I think that Aaliyah, I think she got snatched. Hey, from what I know, it was not, it was, was that a chewy thing? It was. It was one of those yeah. strawberry things you got me for Valentine's Day. That's what I thought. So good. I knew it was a chewy thing. It was a chewy. Aaliyah Bell, I think that she got snatched while she was on her 
when she was making that walk. That's a lady, ladies. You can't be walking alone at night. I mean, it's just you know. You should be able to if you're gonna if you're gonna pay attention to your fitness, you got to pay attention to your surroundings. And we're gonna run when it's very bright outside. Come on, let's 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 just let's everybody just commit to running. If we're gonna be a lady, we're gonna run outside when it's really bright outside. Well, it's she just, it's not she wasn't doing a hot girl, sad girl. She was walking home. She's going from her uncle's house where she was visiting to her godmother's house where she lived. Yeah, I get it, but but it was also raining, so it's nighttime and it's raining. Listen, this is for a predator. This is prime time because nobody's gonna hear shit and nobody's gonna see shit. Like, look, like, we got to think about these things, and I'm not victim shaming, but let's take the opportunity to look at the facts and say, hey, listen let's be proactive next time let's that's not, how that's how we know you're let's not, not move let's not move around when it's easy for for people to not know what's going on you know that's, that's how we know you're not a true crime baddie though because if you were a true crime baddie you would know that murders tend to happen with a when the weather is nicer that's why less murder happens really? in winter yes and less murders happen when it's well i guess i guess um, it makes sense people it's harder rainy. to move around when it's super snowy and if i'm not mistaken I think that Mother's Day is typically like one of the days of the year that has the least murders. I mean, I feel like that tracks. People Dude, be hanging crazy. out with It's crazy. So wait, so so for for fact's sake, you're saying that like murders happen when when the weather is nicer versus when the weather is shittier. Yes, and you know what's interesting? Really? Yes. Like, what's the what are the numbers there? Well, I don't have. Or, them what are the in general? I'm going Let's, to tell you. That there it's, it's it's coming. I'm, I'm telling you right now. So, interestingly enough, in my stats class this week, we were talking about correlation, and so um, my professor was talking about how like it has been shown that basically a correlation between ice cream sales and increase in murders. And so mm -hmm. we were talking about how like think you know correlation is not causation. So people be eating ice cream cones and murdering the shit out of folks. Well, no, because. When do people buy ice cream? When it's hot in the summer, mm -hmm. when the weather's nice. When do people tend to murder more? In the summer, when it's hot, when the weather's nice. So yes, those two things would both increase, but they are not like they're they're increasing because of a, a factor outside of themselves, which I can't remember the, the specific name, which I need to know because I have a quiz on it. But I see, uh, I feel like for me, like it makes total sense that when the weather is nice. People are more apt to move around and be out and about and moving around and like not sedentary. Yeah. So the murders are murders are super not sedentary. Okay. So I just did a quick Goog. Um, and it, like literally warm weather causes more violent crimes from mass shootings to aggravated assault. So it gets not just I'm trying to read and, and talk over. I, look, I, we can Google fucking google yeah mass shootings mass shootings increased during the summer months um oh i didn't finish my thoughts so Aaliyah bell i think she was kidnapped anita richardson her I husband agree. murdered her um and then there are Lynn, a lot of sketchy details in that case yeah the fact that like her his sister had her car like come on like he fucking murdered her um, and then Linda, Sarah, and Kimberly, I think Linda's husband murdered them all. Because he was the one that 
oh my goodness, yeah. there's the car. Because that happens a lot. Like people that that murder, they insert themselves into the crime. Um, that's why a lot of times too, uh, police will stake out people's funerals because oftentimes the murderer will go to the funeral. Fun fact, not so fun fact. Um, but I feel like a lot of the times too, like in these cases, like when it's like, there's not a great deal of evidence that sweat that could sway a jury either way. Like lawyers look at it like, ah, man, you know, I don't really want to, eh, I don't really want to get down on that. Or, you know, they, they like, they pull them in and they get into a case where they're like, yeah, we're going to lose, but whatever. You know what I mean? I think it's like a lot of politicking, you know what I mean? Like well, a defense thing- attorney or a, like an offense attorney will be like, look, man, here are the facts of the, uh, the facts of the case and we'll do this or that. And they're like, all right, okay, cool. You know? Well, what you have to remember in terms of like prosecuting cases is with double jeopardy, like you want to be real sure that you've got what you need to convict them because if you don't and they aren't convicted they can't ever be convicted again um i may have talked about it before but there was a case of uh was it mel ignato maybe anyway there's this i know some guy murdered this chick and he they went to trial and he ended up being acquitted well later on somebody moved into his house and in the walls they found videotapes of him murdering that chick but because he was acquitted they could not ever try him for murder again really i don't yeah. mention this at all oh i couldn't remember if that's I had pretty not. rowdy if that's the case yeah i can look up the specifics and tell you about it later but yeah that's the thing um just like in canada that's pretty fucked up uh paul bernardo and carla hamolka like she she basically turned on him and they went really light on her um, and then tapes came out and it turns out that she was equally as culpable in all the horrible shit that they did. So, wow. and there's a case I'm thinking about covering in the next chunk of episodes and we're in North Carolina about a guy that he, there was a creative way around the double jeopardy. Mm. So, um, but this episode, I think might run, it might win the award for the longest one. When in terms of actual case information was the shortest one, we were very chatty this evening. Thank y'all so Sorry much. It. It's okay. Thank y'all so much for listening to the It's Murder Y'all podcast. Uh, ooh, uh, as always, sources for this episode will be listed. Good Lord. As always, sources for this episode will be listed in the show notes. If you have made it this far, we love you dearly. Please go write a nice review and give us five stars on wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, tell your mama. We'll see y'all next week. Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Love you, Jesus.